Act One of The White Devil by John Webster. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Lodovico, an Italian Count in Love with Isabella. Read by Martin Giesen. Antonelli, Lodovico's friend. Read by Timothy Ferguson. Gasparo, Lodovico's friend and conspirator. Read by Max Scherling. Bracciano, husband of Isabella. Read by M. B. Vittoria Corombona, sister to Flaminio, wife to Camillo. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Flaminio, brother to Vittoria, secretary to Bracciano. Read by David Nicol. Camillo, husband to Vittoria. Red Eilosh Rolander. Cornelia, mother to Vittoria, Flaminio, and Marcello. Read by Carol Box. Zanche, Moorish servant to Vittoria. Read by Lucy Perry. Francisco de' Medici, Duke of Florence, later disguised as Molinassar the Moor. Read by Bruce Peary. Isabella, sister to Francisco, wife to Bracciano. Read by Avaii. Giovanni, son to Bracciano and Isabella. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Marcello, brother to Vittoria and Flaminio. Read by Marty Criswanis. Monticelso, a cardinal. Read by Ron Altman. Doctor and physician. Read by Algy Pug. Conjurer. Read by Timothy Ferguson. Lawyer. Read by Leonard Wilson. French Ambassador. Read by Todd. English Ambassador. Read by Algy Pug. Servant and Page. Read by Christine G. Savoy Ambassador, Armorer, Young Lord, Cardinal, and Aragon. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Matron and Woman. Read by Bev Stevens. Hortensio, an Officer. Read by Todd. Narration, read by David Lawrence. Act One, Scene One. Enter Count Lodovico, Antonelli, and Gasparo. Banished! It grieved me much to hear the sentence. Ha! <laughs> oh, Democritus, thy gods that govern the whole world! Courtly reward and punishment! Fortune's a right whore! If she give aught, she deals it in small parcels, that she may take away all at one swoop. This tis to have great enemies. God quite them. Your wolf no longer seems to be a wolf than when she's hungry. You term those enemies are men of princely rank. Oh, I pray for them. The violent thunder is adored by those are pashed in pieces by it. Come, my lord, you are justly doomed. Look but a little back into your former life. You have in three years ruined the noblest earldom. Your followers have swallowed you like mummia, and being sick with such unnatural and horrid physic, vomit you up at the kennel. All the damnable degrees of drinking have you staggered through. One citizen is lord of two fair manners, called your master, only for caviar. 
those noblemen which were invited to your prodigal feasts when the phoenix scarce could scape your throats laugh at your misery as foredeeming you an idle meteor which drawn forth the earth will be soon lost in the air jest upon you and say you were begotten in an earthquake you have ruined such fair lordships <laughs> very good this well goes with two buckets i must tend the pouring out of either worse than these you have acted certain murders here in rome bloody and full of horror last they were flea-bitings why took they not my head then oh my lord the lord doth sometimes mediate thinks it good not ever to steep violent sins in blood this gentle penance may both end your crimes and in the example better these bad times so but i wonder then some great men scape this banishment there's paolo giordano orsini the duke of bracciano now lives in rome and by close panderism seeks to prostitute the honour of vittoria corombona vittoria she that might have got my pardon for one kiss to the duke have a full man within you we see that trees bear no such pleasant fruit there where they grew first as where they are new set perfumes the more they are chafed the more they render their pleasing sense and so affliction expresseth virtue fully whether true or else adulterate <laughs> leave your painted comforts i'll make italian cutworks in their guts if ever i return oh sir i am patient i have seen some ready to be executed give pleasant looks and money and grown familiar with the knave hangman so do i i thank them and would account them nobly merciful would they dispatch me quickly fare you well we shall find time i doubt not to repeal your banishment i am ever bound to you this is the world's arms pray make use of it great men sell sheep thus to be cut in pieces when first they have shorn them bare and sold their fleeces exeunt scene two enter bracciano camello flaminio vittoria your best of rest unto my lord the duke the best of welcome more lights attend the duke exeunt camillo and vittoria flaminio my lord quite lost flaminio pursue your noble wishes i am prompt as lightning to your service oh my lord the fair vittoria my happy sister shall give you present audience gentlemen let the carriage go on and tis his pleasure you put out all your torches and depart are we so happy can it be otherwise observed you not to-night my honoured lord which way soe'er you went she threw her eyes i have dealt already with her chambermaid zanke the moor and she is wondrous proud to be the agent for so high a spirit we are happy above thought because above merit above merit oh we may now talk freely above merit what is do you doubt 
her coyness that's but the superficies of lust most women have yet why should ladies blush to hear that named which they do not fear to handle oh they are politic they know our desire is increased by the difficulty of enjoying whereas satiety is a blunt weary and drowsy passion if the buttery hatch at court stood continually open there would be nothing so passionate crowding nor hot suit after the beverage oh but her jealous husband hang him a gilder that hath his brains perished with quicksilver is not more cold in the liver the great barriers moulted not more feathers than he hath shed hairs by the confession of his doctor an irish gamester that will play himself naked and then wage all downward at hazard is not more venturous so unable to please a woman that like a dutch doublet all his back is shrunk into his breeches shroud you within this closet good my lord some trick must now be thought on to divide my brother-in-law from his fair bedfellow oh should she fail to come i must not have your lordship thus unwisely amorous i myself have not loved a lady and pursued her with a great deal of underage protestation whom some three or four gallants that have enjoyed would with all their hearts have been glad to have been rid of tis just like a summer bird-cage in a garden the birds that are without despair to get in and the birds that are within despair and are in a consumption for fear they shall never get out away away my lord exit bracciano as camillo enters see here he comes this fellow by his apparel some men would judge a politician but call his wit in question you shall find it merely an ass in his footcloth how now brother what travelling to bed with your kind wife i assure you brother no my voyage lies more northerly in a far colder clime i do not well remember i protest when i last lay with her strange you should lose your count we never lay together but ere morning there grew a flaw between us it had been your part to have made up that flaw true but she loathes i should be seen in it why sir what's the matter the duke your master visits me i thank him and i perceive how like an earnest bowler he very passionately leans that way he should have his bowl run i hope you do not think that nobleman bowl booty faith his cheek hath the most excellent bias it would fain jump with my mistress will you be an ass despite your aristotle or a cuckold contrary to your ephemerides which shows you under what a smiling planet you were first swaddled pew view sir tell me not of planets nor of ephemerides a man may be made cuckold in the daytime when the stars eyes are out sir good-bye to you i do commit you to your pitiful pillows stuffed with horn shavings brother god refuse me might i advise you now your only course were to lock up your wife twere very good bar her the sight of revels excellent let her not go to church but like a hound in leon at your heels twere for her honour and so you should be certain in one fortnight despite her chastity or innocence to be cuckolded which is yet in suspense this is my counsel and i ask no fee for it 
come you know not where my nightcap brings me wear it in the old fashion let your large ears come through it it will be more easy nay i will be bitter bar your wife of her entertainment women are more willingly and more gloriously chaste when they are least restrained of their liberty it seems you would be a fine capricious mathematically jealous coxcomb take the height of your own horns with a jacob's staff afore they are up these politic enclosures for poultry mutton makes more rebellion in the flesh than all the provocative electuaries doctors have uttered since last jubilee this doth not physic me it seems you are jealous i'll show you the error of it by a familiar example i have seen a pair of spectacles fashioned with such perspective art that lay down but one twelve pence on the board twill appear as if there were twenty now should you wear a pair of these spectacles and see your wife tying her shoe you would imagine twenty hands were taking up of your wife's clothes and this would put you into a horrible causeless fury the fault there sir is not in the eyesight true but they that have the yellow jaundice think all objects they look on to be yellow jealousy is worse her fits present to a man like so many bubbles in a basin of water twenty several crabbed faces many times makes his own shadow his cuckold maker enter vittoria corombona see she comes what reason have you to be jealous of this creature what an ignorant ass or flattering knave might be counted that should write sonnets to her eyes or call her brow the snow of ida or ivory of corinth or compare her hair to the blackbird's bill when tis liker the blackbird's feather <laughs> this is all be wise i will make you friends and you shall go to bed together marry look you it shall not be your seeking do you stand upon that by any means walk you aloof i would not have you seen it sister my lord attend you in the banqueting-house your husband is wondrous discontented i did nothing to displease him i carved to him at supper-time you need not have carved him i'faith they say he is a capon already i must now seemingly fall out with you shall a gentleman so well descended as camillo a lousy slave that within this twenty years rode with the blackguard in the duke's carriage amongst spits and dripping pants now he begins to tickle her an excellent scholar one that hath a head filled with calves brains without any sage in them come crouching in the hands to you for a light's lodging but hath an itch in his hands which like the fire at the glass-house has not gone out this seven years is he not a courtly gentleman when he wears white satin one would take him by his black muzzle to be no other creature than a maggot you are a goodly foil i confess well set out but covered with a false stone yon counterfeit diamond he will make her know what's in me come my lord attends you thou shalt go to bed to my lord now he comes to it to camillo i am opening your case hard a virtuous brother o my credit he will give thee a ring with a philosopher's stone in it indeed i am studying alchemy thou shalt lie in a bed stuffed with turtle's feathers swoon in perfumed linen like the fellow was smothered in roses so perfect shall be thy happiness that as men at sea think land and trees and ships go that way they go 
so both heaven and earth shall seem to go your voyage. Shalt meet him, tis fixed, with nails of diamonds to inevitable necessity. How shalt rid him hence? I will put brise in his tail, set him gadding presently. I have almost wrought her to it. I find her coming. But might I advise you now? For this night I would not lie with her. I would cross her humour to make her more humble. Shall I? Shall I? It will show you in a supremacy of judgment. True, and a mind differing from the tumultuary opinion, for quae negata grata. Right. You are the adamant shall draw her to you, though you keep distance off. A philosophical reason. Walk by her in the nobleman's fashion, and tell her you will lie with her at the end of the progress. Vittoria, I cannot be induced, or as a man would say, incited. To do what, sir? To lie with you to-night. Your silkworm used to fast every third day, and the next following spins the better. To-morrow at night I'm for you. You'll spin a fair thread. Trust to it. But, do you hear? I shall have you steal to her chamber about midnight. Do you think so? Why look you, brother, because you shall not say, I'll gull you, take the key, lock me into the chamber, and say you shall be sure of me. In truth I will. I'll be your jailer once. A pox won't, as I am a Christian, tell me to-morrow how scurvily she takes my unkind parting. I will. Didst thou not mark the jest of the silkworm? Good night, in faith. I will use this trick often. Do, do, do. Exit, Camillo. So, now you are safe. Ha, 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 ha. Thou entangles thyself in thine own work, like a silkworm. Enter, Bracciano. Come, sister. Darkness hides your blush. Women are like cursed dogs. Civility keeps them tied all daytime, but they are let loose at midnight. Then they do most good, or most mischief. My lord, my lord! Zanche brings out a carpet, spreads it, and lays on it two fair cushions. Enter Cornelia listening, but unperceived. Give credit, I wish time would stand still and never end this interview this hour. But all delight doth itself soonst devour. Let me into your bosom, happy lady, pour out instead of eloquence my vows. Loose me not, madam, for if you forego me, I am lost eternally. Sir, in the way of pity, I wish you heart whole. You are a sweet physician. Sure, sir, a loathed cruelty in ladies is as to doctors many funerals. It takes away their credit. Excellent creature. Well, we call the cruel fair. What name for you that are so merciful? See now, they close. Most happy union. Aside. My fears are fallen upon me, O oh, my heart, my son the panda, now I find our house sinking to ruin, earthquakes leave behind, where they have tyrannized, iron, or lead, or stone, but woe to ruin, violent lust leaves none. Uh, what value is this jewel? Tis the ornament of a weak fortune. In, in sooth, uh... I'll have it. Nay, I, I will but change my jewel for uh, your jewel. 
Excellent. His jewel for her jewel. Well put in, Duke. Nay, let me see you wear it. Here, sir. <laughs> Nay, lower. She'll wear my jewel lower. That's better. She must wear his jewel lower. To pass away the time, I'll tell your grace a dream I had last night. Most wishedly. A foolish, idle dream. Methought I walked about the mid of night into a churchyard, where a goodly yew-tree spread her large root in ground. Under that yew, as I sat sadly leaning on a grave checkered with cross-sticks, there came stealing in your duchess and my husband. One of them a pickaxe bore, the other a rusty spade, and in rough terms they gan to challenge me about this yew. That tree? This harmless yew. They told me my intent was to root up that well-grown yew, and plant to the stead of it a withered blackthorn, and for that they vowed to bury me alive. My husband straight with pickaxe gan to dig, and your fell duchess with shovel like a fury voided out the earth and scattered bones. Lord, how methought I trembled, and yet for all this terror I could not pray. No, the devil was in your dream. When to my rescue there arose methought a whirlwind, which let fall a massy arm from that strong plant and both were struck dead by that sacred yew, into that base, shallow grave that was their due. Excellent devil! She hath taught him in a dream to make away his duchess and her husband. Mm -hmm. Sweetly shall I interpret this your dream. You are lodged within his arms who shall protect you from all the fevers of a jealous husband, from the poor envy of our phlegmatic duchess. I'll seat you above law and above scandal give to your thoughts the invention of delight and the fruition nor shall government divide me from you longer than a care to keep you great you shall to me at once be dukedom health wife children friends and all advancing woe to light hearts they still fore on our fall what fury raised thee up away away Exit Zanche. What make you here, my lord, this dead of night? Never dropped mildew on a flower here till now. I pray, will you go to bed then, lest you be blasted? Oh, that this fair garden had with all poison herbs of Thessaly at first been planted, made a nursery for witchcraft, rather than a burial plot for both your honours. Dearest mother, hear me. Oh, thou dost make my brow bend to the earth, sooner than nature. See the curse of children. In life they keep us frequently in tears, and in the cold grave leave us in pale fears. Oh, come, come, I will not hear you. Dear my lord. Where is thy duchess now, adulterous duke? Thou little dreamst this night she's come to Rome. How? Come to Rome? The duchess. She had been better. The lives of princes should like dials move whose regular example is so strong, they make the times by them go right or wrong. So, have you done? Unfortunate Camillo. I do protest, if any chaste denial, if anything but blood could have allayed his long suit to me. I will join with thee. 
to the most woeful end ere mother kneeled if thou dishonour thus thy husband's bed be thy life short as are the funeral tears in great men's fie fie the woman's mad be thy act judas-like betray in kissing mayst thou be envied during his short breath and pitied like a wretch after his death oh me accursed exit are you out of your wits my lord i'll fetch her back again no i'll to bed send dr julio to me presently uncharitable woman thy rash tongue hath raised a fearful and prodigious storm be thou the cause of all ensuing harm exit now you that stand so much upon your honour is this a fitting time a night think you to send a duke home without e'er a man i would fain know where lies the mass of wealth which you have hoarded for my maintenance that i may bear my beard out of the level of my lord's stirrup what because we are poor shall we be vicious pray what means have you to keep me from the galleys or the gallows my father proved himself a gentleman sold all his land and like a fortunate fellow died ere the money was spent you brought me up at padua i confess where i protest for want of means the university judge me i have been fain to heal my tutor's stockings at least seven years conspiring with a beard made me a graduate then to this duke's service i visited the court whence i returned more courteous more lecherous by far but not as suit the richer and shall i having a path so open and so free to my preferment still retain your milk in my pale forehead no this face of mine i'll arm and fortify with lusty wine gainst shame and blushing oh that i ne'er had borne thee so would i i would the commonest courtesan in rome had been my mother rather than thyself nature is very pitiful to whores to give them but few children yet those children plurality of fathers they are sure they shall not want go go complain unto my great lord cardinal it may be he will justify the act lycurgus wondered much men would provide good stallions for their mares and yet would suffer their fair wives to be barren misery of miseries exit the duchess come to court i like not that we are engaged to mischief and must on as rivers to find out the ocean flow with crook bendings beneath forced banks or as we see to aspire some mountain's top the way ascends not straight but imitates the subtle foldings of a winter's snake so who knows policy and her true aspect shall find her ways winding and indirect End of Act One